0: Welcome to Powell Presbyterian Church. It's great to have you all with us this morning, and and we've got something special that we'll be doing here in just a couple of minutes. We've got a couple of graduates uh, with us, and and we want to present them with some Bibles, and so uh, we'll do that in just a minute here. But as far as other things going on, uh, everything's as normal this week. Uh, We'll have the Monday morning Bible study. That's at 11, and that will be here in the sanctuary. Uh, Also on Wednesday morning, we'll have our prayer meeting and Bible study, and that's at 10.30. We do that one virtually, and uh, for either of these, if you want to get involved, uh, just let me know. We can uh, get you signed up or get you what you need uh, very easily. Uh, And so that's Wednesday at 10.30. Uh, And then youth on Wednesday evening, that will be in the sanctuary as well. Uh, So uh, everything normal there. As far as what's coming up, uh, in June, we're going to change things up a little bit, and the first change, and probably the most noticeable change, is the worship is going to be at 11 o'clock, uh, rather than 10 o'clock, and that's Eastern time, United States time, uh, so an hour later, uh, basically, it's, uh, yeah, an hour later, I'm sorry, I was. Uh, that's that will be the first Sunday in June. Uh, next weekend, we'll be back. At this same time uh, than the Sunday after that uh, we're gonna start an hour later so whatever time it is now um, just note that and also what we're going to do because we're going to do some different things uh, in the sanctuary that aren't going to translate well um, on Facebook the Facebook feed is going to be the sermon only uh, there we, we won't do the announcements or the prayers and or um, whatever singing we do uh, it will be just the the sermon only uh, just so you're aware of that and, and so that will sometime after 11 whenever we get to the sermon is when we'll uh, turn it on and I think Facebook usually notifies you when the event starts if if you're uh, paying attention to it so uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks just so you know that and uh, that's the things going on around here and so, Uh, Let me get started uh, by calling us to worship using God's Word. Uh, I will read from Psalm 111, where the psalmist writes this, Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. In the company of the upright, in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work and his righteousness endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do gather at this time to give you praise. Your works are upright. They are perfect. You are good in all your ways. We give you glory. We ask that you calm our hearts and our minds from the cares of the world, that we may focus on you and your glory and be built up in your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And before we go to the uh, pastoral prayer, what I will do is uh, I will call up uh, a couple of our graduates. We have Victoria and Gabe, if you will come forward here and try to uh, you'll have to step up here so they can see your wonderful faces um, on Facebook here. And let me first of all for Victoria here, let me present these and you know you know what's in them. They're Bibles. I think you picked them out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Guy's gone to thirteen years of school. You think he would know the difference between a ma'am and a sir here, but that's okay. That's okay. You, you graduated, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> that's right. In college, you want to clear that up a little bit, but they, they might not be so forgiving there. Uh, but uh, for b- both of you now, Victoria, I haven't gotten to know you very well. I know the people that you're with and at youth and and how they came to love you right away. Uh, you just kind of fit in here, and and uh, you hang out with. Gabe, you know, and uh, that says a lot about you right there, Um, you know, princess, uh, as far as we're concerned, uh, but it has been great to get to know you, Uh, the little bit that I have, uh, and I I hope you enjoy uh, the Bible, uh, and I'll talk more about that in a second. Gabe, uh, Gabe's been here since I've been here, and long before, uh, I wear many of Gabe's old clothes, actually. Um. But he kept growing, and I stopped some time ago, and so I don't get his clothes anymore, which I really enjoy because either you or your mom has a lot better fashion sense than I do. That's my mom. Uh, however, Gabe is responsible for the flamingo suit that I wear. So that notwithstanding, otherwise, <laughs> great uh, fashion sense, and, and uh, you've just been uh, a joy to, to uh to watch you grow up and in the plays that we've done in the past and, and all the things you've done and the caroling years you've got the clark griswold voice and uh so it, you know it's, it's been so much fun to watch you grow up and uh, to see you both go off to college now you're both going tennessee direction right She's going to- you're going to anderson okay you're going to tennessee you're going to anderson really good for you okay and so uh, we represent these Bibles uh, to you. Um, and as I was just reading earlier, you know, the uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The, the, the word of the Lord is is the voice we need to hear. And then that we'll talk about that in the sermon as well. And, and so we give you these. And I've told this story before. I remember in seminary walking around with the Bible. And... At the beginning of the seminary, it looked nice. And at the end of seminary, the cover wasn't there. It was All the pages were stained and dog-eared and everything else. And I was a little embarrassed about it, actually, until a professor, towards the end, he, he, looked, he looked at me and said, That's, that's your Bible? i like, Yeah, I'm you know, sorry. And he said, No, it's a Bible well-loved. He goes, I like that. And so as we present these Bibles, I present them hoping that in a few years, they look pretty ugly. Uh, that you will love them well and that however they look, however many times you drop them, whatever food spills on them as you're reading them, that's okay. Um, it is the word of, of God. And that is that is the beginning of wisdom right there. And as you go into college, um, it's you will get knowledge. You're going to learn a lot. I have the highest of hopes for both of you. Uh, just knowing who you are, and uh, I look forward to seeing how you grow through college. But I also pray that you'll stay grounded in this knowledge that you have, and it's the knowledge of salvation. And so we present these to you, and as we do that, let's uh, let's appreciate our graduates here. me uh, let me say a quick prayer here and and uh for our graduates as they uh graduation is this thursday is that right this thursday and then uh summer and and off to school so let me pray for you right now gracious heavenly father we do thank you uh, for victoria we thank you for gabe we thank you that you give us youth like this and and youth that know who you are uh, if if your purpose and your will continues it is the young people that will take up the mantle and and take this word to school with them and and into life as they grow uh, with your word and so Lord we pray that as they grow in knowledge as they grow in the world of academics they will also grow much deeper and stronger in your word that they will grow in real wisdom that comes from you we do pray for their protection we pray for their physical protection their spiritual protection that you will put a hedge around them and continue to build them up in your ways we do delight in watching them grow We have great confidence in your ability to keep them firm in your word and to keep them useful in this world. And so, Lord, we lift them up to you, asking your blessing upon them, thanking you for them, and asking for your guidance as they go into life uh, after high school. And we do pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. And again, uh, you can take your seat. And, uh, and uh, once again, their graduation is on Thursday. So we'll uh, keep praying for them uh, this week and uh, even uh, in in through the summer. Uh, some big changes coming for the families, and, uh, and I know that uh, especially that Hamilton family. It, it's going to be so quiet. <laughs> you guys are going to go crazy with the quiet. Um, but uh, but we do. Uh, once again, really appreciate uh, showing up and and, uh, and just watching them grow. And so what we'll do now is uh, go to the Lord in, in silent prayer. I'll give you some time before the pastoral prayer to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, uh, with confession for your sins and, and repentance of those, those who are on your prayer list, including uh, Victoria and Gabe, uh, pray for them. So I'll give you some moments here just to pray. Uh, to the father silently and then i'll start with the pastoral prayer after that so let's pray Lord in your word you tell us in Ephesians chapter 1 in Christ we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. And Lord, we take great joy in those words, great joy in the redemption we have in Christ, being united to you in heaven through Christ, your spirit working in us. And so we do confess our sins to you. We do ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your guidance as we ourselves go through life. Keep us on your path of righteousness. We thank you for the great blessings that we have in this life. The blessings of youth and watching them grow in your word. The blessings of of sunshine the very air we breathe we give you thanks Lord may we never take it for granted but each and every day be reminded of how good you are with the things you give us and the salvation we have in Christ again we do pray for our graduates those graduating from high school those graduating from college as they look for work We do pray for their safety. We pray that you will continue to give them wisdom. And we do pray for all of our youth as they look forward to summer. And we're in the last week, or with some students, the last couple weeks of school. And so we pray that they will be able to finish strong. We ask that they will be safe this summer, that you will protect them and that they will be able to enjoy this summer that they will have and and though they won't be going to school but that they will continue to learn and specifically learn of you and your great wonder lord we do pray for them that you will protect them and build them we do pray for all of those who will be traveling this week especially later in the week we know that Uh, with a long weekend coming up, that there will be many on the road. And so we pray for protection on the roads. We pray for all of those policemen and and firefighters and ambulance workers and all of those who are on the roads protecting people and, and getting people where they need to go, that you will protect them and give them wisdom as they do their jobs as always we pray for our leaders that you will give them the wisdom they need to just to take care of of us give them the hearts of servant leaders as they tackle a pandemic as they tackle uh, things going on in the middle east and fighting around the world lord we ask that you will give them the right kind of knowledge that they can make good decisions for the protection of all of us and for the peacefulness of the world. We do pray for those who are sick and those who are suffering. We ask that you will give them health, that you will provide the physical health they need, but also the spiritual strength to to endure, that you will give them the comfort and peace of mind, that, that they can get better, physically and spiritually. And Lord, we pray for the lost, those who are still in their sin and do not know you as Lord and Savior. Some of those we know very personally and we lift them up to you, asking that you will shine your lights in their life. May we be your voice. May we do your will in our actions that they will see you through what we say and what we do. Give us the wisdom we need as we interact with a lost world that they will see you and give you praise, Lord. We are part of the Lamb's Bride, Christ's Church. Help us to be true. Help us to be faithful and chaste loving and pure and devoted to our wonderful Savior who gives us life, the one who is our hope and the one who is our great treasure, the one in whose name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. And then what I will have you do is turn to the book of John, and we've been making our way uh through john and and we are at john chapter 10 and uh uh, i'll be honest at first i was going to take on this whole chapter but then i looked at it and and there's too much here so i had to slow down and and we'll just do verses 1 through 18 and and start with this and then finish it off next week but as as you're turning to john chapter 10 i want to set it up a little bit because we're going to join mid-conversation, uh, or the way John writes it, we're in, in a conversation. Jesus is speaking. But what has happened in chapter 9 is Jesus healed a man who was born blind. And what happened is, is the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they couldn't believe that this man was actually born blind and that Jesus made him see. So they asked him, uh, were you really the guy that was born blind? And and what happened? And and they didn't like his answer, so they went to his parents, and his parents kind of bailed out, and they said, well, we don't know, yeah, that's our son, but we don't know what happened, ask him. He's, he's of age, so they kind of threw him under the bus, and, and so they went back to the, to the man. Now, the reason that the parents were afraid to say much is back in chapter 9, verse 22, where it said that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue, and, and so they were going to throw him out. So they go back to the guy, and, and they ask him, all right, so what happened? What's going on? And, and uh, the man basically said, I'm going to skip over a bunch of things, but basically if you jump to chapter 9, verse 33, uh, the man said, he's from God. If he weren't from God, he could have done everything that he's doing. He is from God, basically saying he is the Christ. And so they threw him out, just like they said they were going to. They they threw him out. But Jesus uh, saw that they would cast him out, and so he found the man and, and said, uh, then this is uh, in verse 35, do you believe in the Son of Man? And, and the man answered, well, who is he that I may? And, and Jesus said to him, you've seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And so that's kind of the setup here, Jesus finding this man and this man worshiping Jesus after the, the leaders, the Jewish religious leaders, had thrown him out of the synagogue. And so uh, this conversation, and at the end of that then, uh, some of the Pharisees are asking him, well, are we blind? And, and Jesus gave an answer uh, right at the end. He said, if, if you were blind, you, you would have no guilt but you say we see your guilt remains and this conversation as John writes it somewhat continues then and so let's pick it up Uh, John chapter 10 uh, starting at verse 1 truly truly I say to you he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way that man is a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for your Word, and as we look into it, we ask that you will open our hearts to your truths, that we can find the hope that you have here in this Word, and that we can be built up to be better servants of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Well, uh, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, uh, John builds on himself uh, throughout Scripture. Uh, and and he'll say things, and then a couple of chapters later, he'll say it again in a different way and, and and build on it, give us a different perspective. And and so he does that, and there's many things in here that he's said before and some things that he'll say later. We can't touch on everything he said, but there is something really important here that we're going to be driving for as as we look at this passage and, and it comes to the end so there'll be some things that maybe we've mentioned before but i'll, I'll kind of point them out again so that when we come to our our landing point when we get to that that uh, that part that really uh, gets highlighted in this passage it'll all come together so hopefully that's the plan. here anyway hopefully it works out that way. But Jesus, as I've mentioned, he's in this conversation and he's talking with uh, the Jewish people and, and specifically, as I mentioned, at the end of verse 9, you see the Jewish leaders are, are there, some of the Pharisees and, and whatnot. And Jesus starts talking about the, the shepherd and and not entering the sheepfold by the door, but by climbing in a, another way. And uh, it, it's interesting uh, because he talks about he who enters by the door is is the the shepherd, and and right away this should have perked up the ears of the religious leaders. They should have understood what Jesus was talking about. It is ironic that in verse six uh, Jesus is saying, you know, the, the ones who aren't shepherds or are my sheep, they don't hear my voice and they don't know what Jesus is saying in verse six. You see that there. And, and so they don't understand what Jesus is saying, but it should have been very clear because they do know the Old Testament. And one of the places in the Old Testament where this gets really highlighted is in Ezekiel 34. There are other places, but let me just quote a little bit uh, from Ezekiel 34, and I'm going to uh, just pull out some phrases and sentences from Ezekiel 34, uh, where the prophet writes this, The word of the Lord came to me, prophesy, prophesy, against the shepherds of Israel, shepherds who have been feeding yourselves. You do not feed the sheep. They are scattered. Thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds. I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out, and they will know that I am the Lord their God with them. It's all very clear, especially in Ezekiel 34, but other places in the Old Testament, what Jesus is talking about here. And here's what he has done, where where God said, I myself will search for them, and they will hear my voice, and they will worship me. That's just what has happened with that man who was born blind. They kicked him out. Jesus went and found him and said, I'm the one. And, And the guy said, I believe, and he worshiped him. This is exactly... What has happened? And Jesus is talking about this, and the religious leaders, it's going right over their head. They have no clue what Jesus is talking about. And and Jesus continues on. He who enters by the door is, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he mentions that again in verse 4. They know his voice. They know his word if you will that's how John starts this whole gospel in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and it talks about then later on the voice of of jesus and and so this is we're all coming around again as i mentioned John builds on on these ideas but he said the sheep hear my voice in verse 3 and and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And in verse 4, there's that idea again of all his own. And he's talked about this back in, in chapter 6 where he said, All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and, and I will not lose one of them. I, uh, my, I know my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. And I will lead them. You know, in the Western world, we have this idea of of, of uh, sheep herders or, or cowboys, if you will, rounding up uh, cattle, as, as driving them. You know, you, you drive them, you're behind, and you get your dogs barking, and then you drive them out. But but they would have understood this better. The, the shepherd walks in front of them, and the sheep follow. They know the voice, and, and they follow him. And he, he knows his own. And, and, and keep this in mind. We're going to come back to these ideas, as I mentioned, uh, when we get to the end. Uh, But he's talking about this, and it should have been so obvious to the leaders, the the religious leaders, but they're not getting it. And in one way, I mean, it's too bad they don't get it. It would be nice if they said, oh, Jesus, we understand what you're saying, and and you are the Christ, and they worshipped him. That would have been the best-case scenario. But but if that's not going to happen, it's a good thing they didn't understand him then uh, because if they had understood what he was saying, they'd have picked up rocks and started throwing at him. Uh, which, by the way, if you look ahead to verse 31, they're eventually going to do, but they just don't get it right now. Um, so so they don't understand, so they're not offended quite yet. They will be, but they're not offended quite yet. Uh, but Jesus uh, said to them again as, as we move on, uh, in starting at verse 7, uh, he gives one of the I am's. There's going to be two I am's in here. And this is the first one, I am the door. And he says that twice in verse 7 and then in verse 9, I am door and all who came before me were thieves and and robbers these are the false messiahs that have come down uh, through the years and the sheep uh, didn't listen but uh, i am the door the door now what we need to know here as jesus is saying this is jesus is the sole means by which the sheep come in for salvation verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved. He's the only way to be saved. Uh, Later on in John, we're not going to get to this for quite some time, but in in John chapter 14, uh, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. I am the door, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, Paul puts it this way in 1 Timothy, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. I am the door. He said there's only one way to God. And and in verse 10 he says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy and and some say, well, this is the religious leaders he's talking to. These are the thieves. And, and I almost uh, put this more, uh, he's speaking almost like Satan himself. The thief. He comes to steal the sheep and kill them and destroy them. I came that they will have life, in verse 10. That they will have life and that they will have it abundantly. I put the religious leaders more with the work uh, man, that he's going to talk about, the hired hands that he talks about a little bit later. But, but either way, they're doing the works of the thief. Stealing and killing and destroying. And, and uh, truth be told, many of the Pharisees and religious leaders are, uh, in effect, stealing. And they're in it for themselves. And that's, that's what we find out later here as Jesus gets to the second I am. And that starts in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. And he mentions it again in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, uh, as we talk about the shepherd here, once again, we're just going to correct a little bit of our our thinking uh, here in the Western world as opposed to what they would have been thinking back at the time. When we think of a shepherd, and we've all seen the pictures, uh, Uh, A shepherd holding the little lamb in his arm, you know, and petting, and he's all cuddly and gentle and nuzzling, you know, with this woolly little sheep in his hands. And that's what we think of when we think the shepherd. And you probably have a picture in your head of of one you've seen. Uh, But that's not what they're thinking when they hear shepherd. Uh, A shepherd, uh, his job was very tiring. Um, It was a rough job, and it was oftentimes uh, dangerous. Or it could be very, very dangerous. Uh, in fact, uh, if you go back to King David, uh, before he was a king, he was a shepherd. And, and Goliath, the, the giant Goliath, was calling out Israel and, and saying, Hey, which one of you is going to fight me? And, and David, you know, hears that. And he's, I'll go fight him. And, and so King Saul, uh, Saul was king at the time, uh, he looked at David, he said, David, you're going to go fight him? I mean, he's a giant and you're you, you know? And, and David said, I'm a shepherd. And when the lions and the bears would come and attack, I attacked. I fought them off. That's what a shepherd was, rough and tumble kind of guys. They were willing to fight bears and lions and lay down their life if they had to for the sheep. And and Jesus said, I will lay down my life. And, And here, this is just a side note. He's not going to lay down his life as a good example of how someone should live. Here's how you die. Uh, he's laying down his life because they're in mortal danger. That's what they were thinking when they saw a shepherd. He'll lay down his life because these sheep are in mortal danger. And, and that's what Jesus is getting at here. And in verse 12, uh, he said that the one who's the hired hand, uh, who doesn't own the sheep, he, he flees. Verse 13, he flees. He's a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. You know, these guys are in it for themselves. Here here are our Jewish leaders. They're in it for themselves. And when danger comes, well, uh, they're going to flee. They're going to do something uh, so that they're not in so much danger or something to protect their position something to protect uh, their ego or the things that they really do care about, which isn't the sheep. And we see the Pharisees doing this in a couple of ways and we'll see down through history how this has played out in a couple of ways where where the hired hand, caring nothing for the sheep, are willing to let the sheep get scattered. Uh, One of the ways... Uh, that we have seen down through history and and can see in the world today is by uh, minimizing the word of God. Minimizing the voice. You know what? The word of God doesn't really fit in with society here. And so let's change or let's drop some things or let's do some real creative exegesis and figure out a way, even if we can't get it to say this, at least we'll try to get it to not say that. Because I want everyone to like me. I got my ego to look out for here. I got my position. And the sheep get scattered. There's bad theology and the sheep are scattered. And that's one of the ways, and we've seen that play out time and time again through history. Another way this plays out is, is that there's something over here that you really believe in. This is what you really want. This is what I really belong to. This is this is what I want. And I'll try to just tie God into it somehow. I'll pull out a couple of things and, and say that this is the godly position. But I'm just kind of cherry picking a couple things and you're not taking the whole counsel of God with you. And we've seen this play out in history with the way of salvation getting changed. Oh, here's the way of salvation. It's not through Christ. It's you got to do this, this. This we've seen that happen. Uh, we've seen uh, many world leaders uh, come up and say, "I want your undevoted attention and and uh, on me, and I'll I'll include a couple of things in with God if you want, but but you stay devoted to me, and and wars have started with people like these. We've seen this play out time and time." Again, in history, and and the theology gets bad because you're only taking a little bit. You're not taking the whole counsel of God, and the sheep are scattered. And the Pharisees, they did it too. They would pick out the things they want, change the things they didn't like, and sheep are scattered. They're in it for themselves. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. That's in verse 14. Father knows me, and and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. He says that again. And then we get to verse 16. And this is where uh, I really want to land here for a few moments. Because this is what this all leads up to. all of these things that we've talked about uh, leading up to this verse come together here. And Jesus says in verse 16, and we will break this down, I have other sheep. That are not of this fold. Now, now, first thing I want to notice there is the "I have other sheep," and this kind of goes back to uh, verses three and four. The sheep hear his voice, and he has his own sheep, and and uh, brought out all his own. Jesus has sheep; they're not of the fold. Either. Now, in context, when he's talking to the Jewish leaders, he's talking, they're Gentiles. I have other sheep, than they're Gentiles, and they're going to be part of the fold. But for us, there is a, a very uh, a good context as well. Is he's talking, he's talking about our neighbors, and our friends, and our families. And he's talking about the poorest of the poor, and the richest of the rich. He's talking about people of every tribe, tongue, and nation as it says in, in Revelation chapter 5. I have other sheep. They're out there. They're out there. And they are his. And they will hear his voice. He's, and he, to continue on, he says, I must bring them also. I must bring them. They will come. You know, At the end, he said, this charge I have received from my Father. I, I have other sheep and, and I will bring them. Now, this is especially important to us. Because Paul makes it very clear that as the church, we are the body of Christ. We are the one doing his work. The spirit leading us in the work of Christ. And Christ, when he left the disciples, uh, the Great Commission in Matthew. Go, make disciples. He didn't say, all right, you guys just sit right tight right there. I'm going to go get some people, and I'll bring them, and then you all know, you, know, you all come together, and it'll be great. And he said, no, you go, and you make disciples of everyone. As I said, from the poorest of the poor, to the richest of the rich, from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, I'll be with you the whole time. And before the ascension, Jesus said that. Go make disciples. Make disciples. Because there's are sheep that are not in the fold yet, and I've got to bring them in. You have got to bring them in. And here's the great encouragement in all this. And they will listen to my voice. And here's the beauty in this. Not only can we not change the word, because then it's not really the word anymore, but we don't need to. We just say what Christ gives us in Scripture, and they will hear his voice. We don't have to get creative with all this crazy exegesis and trying to come up with with, uh, different ways to make it more palatable to society. No, we can be very creative at times. And we are always to be graceful and gracious and merciful and loving. But we have the message in Scripture. And this is what we deliver. And Christ says they will hear that, and they will come. And there will be one flock, one shepherd. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about uh, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith. We'll all be together in Christ. They will hear his voice. And this gives us great hope. Because, as I've mentioned time and time again, we all know people who don't know the Lord. But you know what? The Lord's not done. The Lord has sheep that are not part of the fold yet. Don't ever stop praying and don't ever lose track of the word and stop speaking the word. Because the Lord is still working. And he is still bringing his sheep in. And he won't stop until he comes back and gathers us all together. This gives us hope. Gives us hope, first of all, because it is the Lord who has called us. And we are saved because of his grace. But it gives us hope for those that we love and just are walking on a bad path. That the Lord's not done. And I can keep praying. And I can keep praying faithful to the word, and that person, that very person I've been praying for, he may be the one who hears the word of the Lord, and will listen, and will come. You know, a lot of missionaries, uh, of the Reformed missionaries, and and in the Reformed theology, uh, one of the things that, that we acknowledge is this idea of predestination and election because it's in the Bible and, and a lot of the uh, missionaries that are of the Reformed uh, faith uh, they, they will say um, uh, they, they get this question often they will say well if God predestines and if God elects some then your mission's work is kind of useless isn't it? well what's the point? if God's going to choose whoever he chooses then what you're doing is really a waste of time it's not worthwhile But those missionaries' answer, all of them that I've read and a couple that I've talked to, they have the same answer. They said, no, you've got that all backwards. The reason we do mission work is because of things like verse 16, because I know that there are sheep out there that the Lord hasn't brought in yet, and they will hear his voice, and so I speak his voice. I speak his word. If I didn't know there were more sheep out there, then my action would be useless, but I know doing the work of the Lord because he says there's more sheep out there and he's going to bring them in. And that's why we preach. And that's why we stay faithful to the word. And that's why we have great hope. And that's why we keep praying. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that we have this hope not only for ourselves that we have heard the voice of jesus and are his sheep but we have hope for those that we pray for those we love those we want to be brought into the fold lord we know that we have the message of life it's right here in your word may we continue to be faithful to your word may we continue to be loving and truthful as we speak your truth and lord may we always give you glory and praise your wonderful name jesus christ we pray amen and our benediction then comes from the book of hebrews now may the god of peace equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.